Welcome back to Cinemanimals Nights, your only podcast for animal movie content. I'm Simon Barrett, hosting from Tallinn, Estonia. With me, I have Mike Lochran. Good morning, guys. I got a beard trim yesterday for Thanksgiving, and the uh, the barber gave me a shampoo on my beard. Oh, and wow. Mikal, uh, who's in uh, Dublin, <laughs> Ireland. Donnybrook, which is outside of Dublin. Te- yeah, it's technically Dublin. You've told me Part. it's the same as Dublin. I keep getting different information from you about this. Well, it's 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 Dublin 4, but it's called Donnybrook. I'm okay. not in right. city center. All right. Don- Donnybrook's a bit more upscale. But it's been, a, it's been a long time since we've done an episode, and it's exciting that we're all here from all over the globe. This is technology allowing us to connect. You know, it's interesting. In the time we've been gone, I feel like there's like 500 new animal movies available on streaming services. Like just in just looking up Vicky and her mystery, I discovered like, you know, a plethora of new animal movies. They just they don't they don't stop. And which is why cinema animals, if we take a break, we're just you know, we're just falling further behind. We get into a backlog situation. I will say that when I went to watch A Vicky and Her Mystery last night, just looking at all the other movies that come up on Netflix, like right under it, I know it's because we haven't watched many recently, but they all looked so good. <laughs> like, I, I was like, would watch it, would watch it, would watch it. <laughs> I know. Well, it's a terrible feeling then, because... You know. Yeah, because you get this backlog and you feel like animal cinema is passing us by because we've just been too busy to record. And then you watch Vicky and her mystery and it's instantly, <laughs> instantly I was like, oh, yeah, this is why we, why we struggle. <laughs> uh, because because in a way, I feel like Vicky and her mystery and and I don't want to dive in too quickly, of course, we, we might want to talk uh, for another 15 minutes about our recording process. But I feel like in a way, it's like the most cinema animals movie certainly that we've seen in a while. It's it's like, if I had to show someone a movie that emphasizes what Cinema Animals is about, it would probably be Vicky and her mystery because it's not at the bottom. It's not in the David Dakota kind of like fake movie, like algorithmically created things. It's a real movie, uh, but it's also not. It, it, it also isn't really a movie in it, that it doesn't it have hits. like a complete story and so on. Yeah, And it hits all the tropes that we've, our research has led us to uncover over the years. It has every single animal movie trope that you could hope for. Every single one. It's like they say that you guys know who Satchel Paige was, the famous pitcher. Yep. Yeah. They used to say that they used to say that he was so good that he would walk the bases loaded on purpose and then yell out to the batter with the bases loaded what pitches he was going to throw. And then he would still strike out the side. And like when this movie starts and in the first three minutes, the girl is an orphan and they try to kill the animal. I was like, oh my God. The fucking satchel page did. It's right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This movie does hit hit all hit all the algorithmic buttons. And you know, and and another thing, speaking to kind of what Mikhail was saying is is Vicky and her mystery. I didn't realize when I started watching that uh when I initially started watching this that it was a French film. Uh it took it took me, you know, not much time. Uh, but but right away I was like, aha, this is a French movie with English subtitles. And that's the whole other thing is every country makes these like every country has its own animal movie kid content. um, That's just like kind of cynically churned out. And it's really interesting to see one that's French, but the only thing that's culturally specific about it is that people protest more often. I think maybe that that might even be a stretch. 
Um, um, but like, there's the bit where they go into town and people are protesting wolves. Um, yeah, they hate yeah. wolves. They really strongly hate wolves, which, you know, you can read that. You could really interpret that in a lot of different ways. I think this movie is like deeply metaphorical if you want to go there. But Are you thinking it's like a, an allegory for immigrants in France? Something like that. Yeah, yeah I, the, the politics of this film are really interesting and hard to, yeah. it's not totally coherent in my opinion. No, no, it, it, it's a film that struggles uh, with its own concept and, and ultimately kind of themes. Um, so maybe we should dive right in because honestly, there's there's not yes. a lot of meat. There's not a lot of meat on this bone. There's not a lot really to talk about with Vicky and her mystery, um, which I found to be a bit of a slog, but only because I've seen you know a, a few hundred movies that are exactly like this one in every way. Uh, the the only thing to really discuss in Vicky and her mystery is the film's relationship with wolves. Uh, but do, does anyone want to take a crack at kind of summarizing the plot of this film? I feel like that's usually my thing. I want to see if one of you guys is up for it today. No. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. It's simple. I mean, it, it's it's all over the internet. You can just Google it, but... It's simple. Uh, it's all over the internet. It's very simple. It is all over the internet. It's all anyone's talking a, about. Uh, there's a family with a mom and dad and a girl, and the mother has died, and... The father we learn has uh, is a surgeon who failed to save her life. The mother, the, the 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 daughter is mourning and grieving to the point that she's not talking. So the father takes a sabbatical, and they move to this small town in France in the Cantal 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 Hills Mountain region, Le Folgo, mm -hmm. which that's exactly is a real place. Is a real town that has like a population of like a few hundred people um and he's hoping that that's going to give him and his daughter some time to mourn and heal and, and rehabilitate their their lives it's funny to me when the uh his brother-in-law visits and he's making fun of the house they moved into where i'm like this is like a fucking gorgeous house like what are you talking about like that's also like, a trope of these movies in the woods Right. Yeah, like a classic animal film trope is when someone lives in a house that like you could never afford and everyone in the film is like, what is this piece of shit shack that you live in? Like you should be ashamed of your life and watching it. You're like, I would give anything to live. It's like a villa in the French countryside, yeah, but it has yeah. like a little dust on the countertops or something. So it's unacceptable. <laughs> and so, um, you know, while they're on a hike one afternoon to help to bond, they get lost. They meet a man that secretly, and here comes another animal trope, the man gives the daughter Vicky this puppy, which they don't know yet. It's actually a wolf, but they think it's a puppy. And she doesn't tell her dad. She gets the puppy home in her knapsack. They love putting puppies and cats in knapsacks in these movies and hiding them. Um, and, and, and almost immediately, the girl who was a mute suddenly begins to talk and talk to the puppy and it's very you know so you can instantly see how healing this relationship is um she goes to the dad brings her to her first day of school uh where she says the word serial killer and he's amazed that she can finally speak and she says serial killer a few more times and then um he's so happy um at that point the father meets uh just happens to meet 
another single woman whose uh, ex-husband is a real jerk. And um, that's another trope. Sorry, I'm getting off topic. That's another trope in these movies, though. They have this implied relationship that we never really see the payoff. Like, clearly, you know, this is a romantic opportunity that is happening, but it's, like, all subterranean. Um, he meets her and she happens to be like a, 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 she calls herself a conservationist, but she seems like she's a animal doctor. And, uh, anyway, that's a good point. That's a, that's a fair criticism. She's definitely a veterinarian. Uh, yeah. But her first, yeah. when you first meet her, what she says is, I think she says, I work in conservation. Yeah. Which isn't true. So, it turns out to not be true. Not true. Yeah. So she's immediately she works at, a, at an animal hospital. But she and is she, single uh, and available. She's like the only single woman in the town, and she's like exactly his age and very attractive, and I guess has not dated in many years because she's just waiting for a widow to move to town. I like the moment when they first meet, though, and like she says that her ex husband is a jerk, and then she's like, "What's your wife's excuse?" And he's like, "She's dead." And she was like, "Ha ha, that's so fucking funny. Wives don't fucking die." And the guy's like, "And he, the guy's like, no, she's really dead." And she's like, yeah. "Fuck you, wives don't ever die. Like that's fucking nuts." And he's like. Look at me. My wife is dead. Yeah, and I don't want to gloss over the fact that he performed surgery on his wife and and she died while he was performing surgery on her, which Is that shown in the film? It is not no. shown in the film. She like okay. like like in many of these movies she she's already the mom is already dead before the movie really begins. Okay. But it is discussed enough times to make you kind of really like wonder at the ethics of it. Um and also like the yeah, like, maybe, maybe surgeons shouldn't do that? I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah, like, did he operate on his? You don't know what what her terminal illness was. So, did he operate on her in a hospital setting, or was it just some like in, like impromptu emergency where he tried to? See? We don't really know. We, we don't well, even know. It, it also could have been. A, it could have been elective surgery. Like, it could have been. He could have been given her a boob job, and then she yeah, died with in injections. And instantly yeah. killed her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't have done it myself. We, we, <laughs> yeah, like he gave yeah. her butt butt implants and her butt exploded and she died. We need to ask the uh, De De Dennis Dennis Imbert, I think, is the director of the film. We need to get the uh, original copy of the screenplay to see if that, that was maybe edited or cut out of the final version. Which, an interesting thing I noticed, I looked up this director. He has another movie that's just titled Vicky, which that. is confusing. Yeah, I, saw that. <laughs> I saw that too. Which is a totally separate different plot I like a guy who's like you're like buddy you can name your movies anything you want he's like I know I know I can I'm gonna call this one Vicky <laughs> but, but like you, you just did that he's like I know <laughs> it's like yeah just, fuck you shut up I I'm gonna call it Vicky this one's Vicky and her mystery yeah that's yeah I guess that's a good that's a good branding angle you're like the, you're the Vicky guy you know <laughs> I mean <laughs> he's cornered he's cornered the market on on Vicky movies. All right. So where are we on the plot? Okay. So, so the dad, of course, the girl thinks this eight-year-old girl thinks the puppy's just going to stay in her closet all day, which of course, like uh, we know that puppies love to tear things up and pee and poop everywhere. And the dad, of course, discovers the puppy. Dad, can we keep him? Please, please. And the dad decides to allow her to keep the dog and seems to understand that the dog is helping her to, um, you know, heal and, and rehabilitate her emotional wounds. Um, 
at which point uh it's let's see then what starts to happen um um well, then they identify yeah yeah and then yeah then then the the conservationist vet says you should get the dog identified the dad gets his friend to identify the dog brother-in-law and brother-in-law and the brother-in-law is like played by fred armiston this is probably fred armiston's best role i think <laughs> fred armiston looking french fellow francis um, francis yeah. fred armiston i guess is uh Eric El Molsino. Who, who, yeah, who, who hits on who, the vet, I, I want to point out. Like, like, like the brother mm-hmm. doesn't have much personality, but he does have time to hit on his brother's girlfriend. In, in an awkward yeah, scene loves, where he, she has to like shoot him down at like a bar. It's like really awkward and uncomfortable. He loves he loves bragging that he went to a five-star hotel in Punta Cana. Yeah, yeah. Not much to not much, not much to these characters. We'll get into the forensics of this film, but it's it's 84 minutes with credits and it's it's quite padded. I, it, I actually so, read the Punta Cana bit as another uh, like weird class based joke. So like the the French uh, villa is is like obviously very beautiful and expensive, but it's a piece of shit. And then like the joke on that guy is that he thinks going to a five star resort at Punta Cana is like a, a class signifier, and the film is laughing at him for that. And the film also laughs at the right. ranchers and thinks all the ranchers are are, are idiots. So it's, it, but then like the the laughter or the jokes aren't consistently against the people that you expect them to be against. Uh, yeah. Not yeah. a lot of jokes overall. I, I, I'd add. This the is implied jokes, film. I should say. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. not a funny movie at all. It's not a funny film. So the whole, the whole conflict of this movie is the wolf situation. The girl has a wolf and the town hates wolves uh, because it's farmers, sheep farmers. And even though they're, compensated for their murdered sheep by the government uh you know they've put time in and they have like emotional relationships with the sheep and so they hate wolves wolves are especially hated in this area and uh, which they do they stage a really you're right they stage a great protest there's a great where they're handing out flyers anti-wolf flyers very anti-wolf I thought a great name for this movie would have been wolf town if I were going to rename it I would name it wolf that is that's a strong suggestion and I think the French title of this is just mystery. Am I right? I, I, I that seemed to be what so. was on yeah. screen. So Myth- yeah, mystère. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Original time mystère. Uh, yeah, Denis Ember is probably how we would pronounce this director's name. A true journey. Not, <laughs> did, did a lot of Dennis second Imbert. unit stuff. Probably not Dennis Imbert, but <laughs> has done a lot of French second unit work. Uh, second unit director on Taxi Three. Uh, and and doesn't have a lot of credits to his name, so exactly kind of what you'd expect for a film of this nature, like well, a kind of like Hallmark. The film's thing. beautiful, and and that might only in part be because of the location. I mean, the, it's it's there's some beautiful elements to the way this I movie think it looks. Wants, yeah, I, I think there are moments when it is like very deliberately beautiful in its cinematography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and this isn't shot in like the valley, in like Simi Valley, or or in like California, in some like shitty, stupid town. It's yeah. a good location. Yeah, it was easier to look at than most of these movies. It clearly had somewhat of a budget, and and was a theatrical release, um, at least throughout Europe. Uh, which I I can get into some stats on that later. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, it does look basically pretty good. But you also can tell that they're dealing with like a real absence of wolf footage. Like they, they, mm. you, they, they, you feel the budget. At least I did. There's, there's not a lot of 
on-screen dogs at certain moments. It's just suddenly like mysteries over there. You don't really necessarily see mystery go from one place to another sometimes. Um, just, just you know, clearly struggling with some of their wolf coverage. But uh, but other than that, it, it feels almost like a real movie. You do get to see a lot of cars driving, um, but not as much as you, you you think. A lot of kind of nature B-roll. But again, mm-hmm. like, like like after watching a David Dakota movie, like A Talking Pony, where you see like the same waterfall, you know, 17 times, it, <laughs> you know, we're pretty desensitized that's, to B-roll. So that's pretty good. That's yeah, a I mean, benefit. Yeah, this movie didn't reuse any shots more than once. And so in our estimation, that makes for a good film. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I certainly did not notice any repeated shots. Um accidental or otherwise so so yeah this is this is in the i mean it's true like the, there's the lower tiers of these movies and this is clearly an upper tier one again this was a theatrical release this came out in france uh, december 15th 2021 which is probably why people have been clamoring for us to review it beginner mystery everyone keeps saying when are you gonna weigh in uh and it opened here in estonia uh in february of this year I, I was checking all of its theatrical release dates because I was like, well, if this thing played in France and Russia, it probably played here. And sure enough, February 25th, Vicky and her mystery played oh. uh, at the theaters in Estonia, but it did not play theaters in the U.S. It was straight to Netflix in the U.S., which is how we watched it, which is it is designed for Netflix for at least one very specific reason, I feel. Oh. Uh, which is the ability to maybe speed things up occasionally. Which we can Speaking talk about of speeding of. things up, yeah. you guys watched this film in 1.5 speed to get yeah. through it, which I found was, as I told you, I think unfair to the filmmakers. Humili- humil- I think you humiliated yourself by watching it that way. I tried to do it, and I honestly, it made me feel like... Uh, I don't know how you guys did it, honestly. It made me feel really anxious watching it a movie did. in 1.5 I felt- speed. I felt physically terrible at that speed. And I'm also realizing <laughs> since we started recording, I'm realizing that I was actually also watching a dubbed version of it. Mine did not have subtitles. So oh. I was watching it at 1.5 speed and dubbed with by like American actors. And that definitely, and I got very high. So that de- like those three things put together definitely affected me physically while I was watching the movie. Well, I had, I mean, I have never watched a movie sped up before. I, I remember when Netflix offered the like 0.25 and point like, like or whatever, like 1.5, 1.25 speeds. I of course was appalled, uh, you know, like any other filmmaker would be. And then you start watching Vicky and her mystery uh, in French with subtitles and you realize, Oh, I can just speed this thing up a little and keep reading and not miss anything. And then I can just speed it up a little more. And certainly I'm not missing a single line of dialogue, not a single scene. I don't know. I I I, I really grew to Vicky and her mystery at one point five speed. I, I definitely oh, feel like it's, it's going to be hard. It's a Cinemanimals game changer for me. Yeah, I'm um, not going back. To no, I think I'm not going I, back, guys. I'm not going to do this podcast. You guys need to make a pledge that you're not. You're going to watch right. all movies in one time speed. In don't ask me to real time speed account. or slower. Uh, it's true that i did feel really guilty coming back to cinema animals and then like basically having to fast forward through the film because i was so bored <laughs> but that is what this podcast is all about and uh you know what I will, i'll i'll take that pledge from here, from this point forward i will not watch a movie at, at heightened speed i watch it at the speed right. the filmmakers intended at the glacial speed the filmmakers intended we're, um, we're doing god we're doing god's work here and um 
No. Let's put some respect on on his name. It's a serious Can film I? podcast, and we can't really weigh in unless we watch the movies. I get it. I may have watched it at 1.5 speed and, and dubbed, but I I haven't said this yet. But I basically liked this movie. Yeah, me too. Like I, mean, I thought this movie like. was pretty good. I would I wouldn't I would almost I wouldn't watch it again. But if somebody okay. wanted to watch it and said, would you watch it with me? I would even, as long as I was on 1.5 speed, I would totally consider it. Well, you know, I... <laughs> and I don't think I would have liked it at regular speed. No. I wanted to introduce a new... I know it's too soon, maybe in the podcast, to rate the movies, but I wanted to introduce... I think I have a new rating system that really works. Okay. The premise is, all of these movies stink that we watch. So, like... For example, Vicky and Her Mystery, which was pretty good, I would give it like 1.5 farts. Mm-hmm. You want to have the best, the best a film could get would be zero farts. Mm-hmm. The worst uh... would be five farts. So it's a, it's, it's a, we're, I'm really flipping the rating system on its head. This, so it's like the stink, the stinkier the film. Yeah. Five, five dog farts. I, I five dog this farts. feels like a different podcast. Why? It's raunchy and ribald in a way that Cinema Animals Nights <laughs> never is. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the farts, but what if we, it would be more on brand, Mikhail, if we made them skunks instead of farts? There you go. <laughs> okay. Right? Okay. I think we can all agree that the listeners don't want to hear us talk about farts. That's well, I, I, can't do, I can't do inverse ratings. I can't do inverse ratings. It's too complicated. Why? Well, I guess I can. <laughs> do we'll, we'll do it at the end. We'll do it at the end. So, so if a movie, if we love a film, it's zero skunks. Yeah. And if we hate it, it's as many skunks as you could conceive. Yeah, you could do it. Like yeah, one space. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think it's a more accurate way to. It's a, it's because our old rating system was funny, but it wasn't accurate. I think this gives us a truly accurate rating system. Yeah, no, def- that's definitely what the listeners have been clamming for is for some way for us to invert positive and negative <laughs> in our reviews. Um, can we, um, I, I want to drill down into something that I liked about the movie in all seriousness. Yeah. yeah. And it especially concerns you, Mikel. Um, oh. actually I have one specific, I have one specific, I think, positive trait for each of you that is, I've designed perfectly to appeal to your lifestyles and sensibilities. Um, so Mikel, for you, what I want to talk about is like, I actually found the central metaphor of the film to be fairly poignant this idea that like the thing that's going to save the girl and get over her grief is what she thinks is a dog turns out to be a wolf but then the father has to become implicated the whole movie like the conflict of the film is that they try to hide the wolf from everyone else so this idea of like the wolf lives inside the house it's not supposed to be there the ranchers will kill it if anyone finds out like as a metaphor for kind of like avoidance and yada 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 i actually found that to be like kind of poignant at times I agree with you. I agree with you. And the idea that, yeah, the, the father then saves the wolf at the end of the movie uh-huh. uh, is, is uh, you know, that, that experience helps to heal that old wound for yeah. both, both him and his daughter. No, yeah. I, you're, I, I would agree with you. It wasn't, um, yeah, it, it, it works. It works yeah. from like a psychological, emotional standpoint. Um, I think, it would be truly healing uh, for something like that to have occurred. 
I have a follow-up question. Would you ever recommend to a client who's grieving that they get a wolf? And then kill it or and then shoot and then shoot it. <laughs> um yeah, I give the I give the wolf metaphor zero skunks. Like as a, if I could isolate just the metaphor in the film. I think that's right. a I think that's a no skunk situation. That's true. Well, they try to lock they lock the wolf in the garage right like we can't let anyone like let that's our shame uh let's not let anyone let's, let's keep that in the dark when in fact we all know that to heal you have to bring things into the light yep yeah yep i, I agree okay the dog is discovered in the garage it's generally almost instantly there's like a kind of a suspenseful beat where you think i guess the wolf mystery you think mystery is going to dig uh himself out of the garage but then like the rancher just comes by and is like ah oh, wolf like let's go get my gun. Like it's I I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna provide a little kind of controversial perspective on this, which is I would say that the wolf metaphor, I might give it one or two skunks, and the reason for that. But out of how many? That's what I don't understand. Well, how many skunks do you want in a room with you? Like one or two skunks is. is I understand now. I okay. Now okay. I understand. The so visual understand. you have to see the skunks. Okay. So, so I'm giving the wolf metaphor one, one to two skunks in the room with me. And the reason for that is that I feel like the movie really struggles. It's, it's also my favorite part of the film, but the movie really struggles with its attitude towards wolves. Having hoisted this metaphor upon its characters, the movie is very unsure whether a young girl should actually have a wolf. And I think part of the issue is that the answer is obviously no. Now, I do want to... I do want to clarify something about Mikhail's plot synopsis. First of all, uh, there was a small error. I don't mean to um, make this our comeback episode too awkward, but the girl makes it quite clear that she knew from the start that Mystery was a wolf. Later in the film, uh, when the vet identifies well, Mystery as a wolf, she says, I always well, knew. And I think the old man... Listen. Wait, 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 wait. All right. Okay. So, uh, no, I, here's... Okay. I, that's what, that's what eight-year-olds say they they, oh. they hard for them to you know feel guilt or, or admit that they maybe did something wrong so uh, an eight-year-old will claim that yes she'll say i always she's not she didn't always know it was a wolf but uh, uh, go on okay i interpreted that as vicky knowing that that mystery was a wolf and not caring because she's a kid and like also the, the bigger question is does the old man who we should mm -hmm. note is a beloved french actor i'm gonna say his name wrong Chucky caro this gentleman was in La Femme Nikita. <laughs> he was in a lot of American films in the 90s. Sorry, fellas, I need to cough it out. <laughs> well, sorry, I've just been shouting all day at a, you know, like this, our, our crew in Estonia screaming, like, please bring me a, a hot water. And um, yeah, my throat's eventually <laughs> gone dry. Um, anyway, uh, so Cheki Caro is the old French man who gives her the wolf. He has a, he's a, he has a presents credit because he's, you know, a big star. He's the equivalent of like Eric Roberts in this. They got like a one, they got a famous French actor to come in for a single day role. He plays the hobo who gives her the wolf. It's definitely implied to me that his character knows he's giving a wolf to a child. Um, and, and definitely, I think the movie struggles with the fact that a child should not have a wolf. Um, it's bad for the wolf, bad for the child, bad for other people. And so... It, 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 you have all these weird scenes where people are like, I hate wolves, anti-wolves, but you also, the movie also can't ever say, well, yeah, Vicky should have this wolf. Though it kind of tries to for a while, and then it's like, okay, well, yeah, we gotta get, we gotta get rid of the wolf, I guess. 
Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like, should, should children have struggles in their life? You can't, you don't want to say yes, but the truth is they should. Struggles do, like, sometimes having something that's difficult is important, even though it maybe isn't good for, you know, it's, it's not ostensibly good for her, but there was something to be gained from it. So like, while you wouldn't give, you wouldn't outright give someone a struggle unless you were like a crazy old man who lived in the mountains, but you know what I'm saying? Like, Mikel, you're bringing some very grown up energy to the pod today. Oh, this wait, is, hang on. That's really Sorry, good. I rescheduled that's for really, tomorrow. That's really good. Uh, hang on guys. Sorry. I'm oh, going to myself yeah. real quick here. This is, this is what we were right, worried yeah, about. We can, happening. So, We'll, we'll tell the uh, listeners, this was the part that we were worried about this, that Simon has some maintenance workers arriving in his uh, hotel room in Estonia. And uh, of course, they had to arrive right when we were doing our podcast. And of course, I contacted them beforehand and was like, hey, can you not come by? I have to record something really quick. Just can you come by some other day? And they're like, yeah, yes. absolutely. No problem. So of course, they yeah, maintenance workers don't, uh, you know, I don't think maintenance workers... Uh, and this is not to be offensive, but I don't know if they wear watches. Well, and I mean, that's, they were like, they're like, we'll communicate and, and whatever. It, 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 is I, that I, offensive, I, Mike? Sorry. I think, it, are you implying that they wouldn't be able to read a watch? Because no, that would be offensive. They or that they can't afford read a, watch? a watch. They just, no, okay. they could afford it. They just, they just, uh, it's an it's a active decision that. Um, yeah, I understand. My ruling is that it's not offensive, but it does sound offensive. And so you shouldn't, you shouldn't have said it. All right. Retracted. <laughs> I think, well, look, I think we can all agree that kids should not have domesticated wolves. Um, and so. Unless, unless, unless that domesticated wolf helps them heal the mourning loss of their dead mother. Well, and, and now mystery is also an orphaned wolf. Do we also see mystery's mother get shot in the opening scene? Cause, cause. Mystery, oh, mystery right. does need a home. Like yes. mystery, like yes. there's a wolf hunt going on. A wolf gets shot. Like opening scenes. This is the kind of kids movie stuff we live for. Um, and and so I guess I guess that makes it a little better. It's not like mystery was doing great out there, but yeah, it's a tricky film because you spend the entire movie being kind of like, yeah, let the kid have a wolf, and then you're like, wait, what the fuck? Like, absolutely no. Like you shouldn't have a wolf, like, and then. Well, the truth is, it's a complex issue, you know, and and ultimately it resolves itself, which is that wild animals do not belong living with humans. They believe they belong in nature. Um, the film just says that, like, the way the film resolves is that the message is that wild animals can't live where they are, but they can live like just down the road, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There's like a sanctuary. Like just you can down just. The road a bit. Yeah, you can just bring it to another part right. of the forest. Well, but we've already been told once that Mystery can track the girl. Like Mystery can track Vicky. She Mystery tracks Vicky all the way to the elementary school in town. That's right. So why do why am I supposed to believe that Mystery won't just come back? Guys, do you know where my depression lives? Just where down the road. Just down the road. Oh, got it. Uh, got it. Well, I thought the ending of this was very similar to Rex, a dinosaur story. Uh, in that it's like like a girl kind of like like waving a tearful goodbye to right. her animal as as like a kind of not great shot of the animals in her cup yeah. that, and then the movie's just suddenly over. It was, that's how also the the Dalmatian gang ends. That's true. 
I wrote that yeah. down actually because also the final scene, like the credits scene of this movie, is identical gang? to the uh, Doberman Gang. Yeah, uh, Doberman it's just like yeah. it's just footage Sorry. of dogs running in the mountains, or in in the case of the Doberman Gang, running through the whatever the the field or something. But it's the it was very reminiscent. Doberman, what did I call it? Dalmatian Gang. <laughs> Dalmatian Gang. I want to make that. Um, so my second, the second thing I wanted to talk about is for Simon and. Um, it's just one sentence that I wrote down uh, at the end of this film. And it, the sentence in my notes just says, Simon is also making a movie in the forest. True, true. Uh, Speak on that. Well, I mean, I will say that like, like wherever they made this movie is like clearly sunny and beautiful in the kind of place where you would like love to go for a vacation. Uh, Mikhail, you, you said the name of the like French resort region. I don't think anyone no, feels the no. same about the woods of Estonia in late November. Um, <laughs> it, it's really it's 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 really cold here. So there's different ways to make movies in the woods, is what I would say. You can do the daylight one, where you know it, it feels like. I mean, I, I can't really guess at this film or or its financial model, but I assume it's pretty much the same as all of these movies. Uh, you know, they probably spent X amount of money. But, you know, I, I'd be shocked if they weren't breaking every day at 3 p.m. for, you know, a three-hour wine lunch and then, you know, getting getting back into it, you know, like like the next day. I mean, it doesn't feel like a movie that anyone, like, really killed themselves trying to make. Um, it, it's fairly straightforward. It's very, fairly hallmark. And, uh, yeah, different kinds of different kinds of woods, different kind of movies. It, it looks like a, a much nicer film to make than ours. Hmm. Yeah. And but, um, yeah. uh what was I gonna say? The couple of different points, but unrelated. So I actually sorry, I, I didn't want to end your piece there, Simon. Oh, it's done. I don't know if you I, I just in my mind I had written I had written down something. A master with a pure heart. Um and and I don't know if your movie started, did it say anything about this film will contain product placements? Yes. Yes, I got a product placement warning. This is a European thing, Mikhail. I also oh. got a product placement warning for Vicky and her mystery because they can't be like marketing stuff to kids. But I have no idea what the product being advertised to me well, was. I, just, I didn't I know think either, I have an idea. I just realized what it is. What, what is, is it? Is it my cool. I, th I think it's the SUVs at the beginning. That, that's very oh. possible. That's very possible no, that I, it's like product placement. Maybe. Because that's what, the, that's I, what it I, said is it was a warning that it contained product placement. And like, like there's, there's SUVs. That's true. And then I thought maybe the uh, French Fred Armiston is wearing a Lacoste jacket. But just now, mm. I realized I think it's the Pokemon. There's a whole little segment. Oh. She has Pokemon headphones on, and then she has this whole metaphor about a yeah. something about a master with a pure heart, and that that's somehow related to the the world of Pokemon. Uh, oh. And I think that's what it was. Because there's I mean, no other, like, other than her having Pokemon headphones on, there's no other, like, reference to anything modern or, like... It, it's pretty Pokemon. hard for me to believe that Pokemon would be paying for product placement <laughs> in, like, this, weird. like, low-budget French family film. That's I mean, weird. Yeah, I mean, they like like, it's not like Pokemon's not doing okay, so... And, and and that's not something where they would have to like French law. I don't think they'd have to license Pokemon, 
I think Pokemon's big enough in our culture that you can just talk about Pokemon and, you know, it falls under fair use and, and to a certain extent. Notably, they don't really show a lot of it. Um, so I, I think, I, I don't know. Ooh. I think the product placement was something, I think the product placement was something fairly subtle, like some food or it something. Is, it's helpful to catch. hear this because I, I did spend so much money on Pokemon when I woke up this morning and I wasn't sure why. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have to get all the games. Um, you had more, Mikel? Yeah, keep going. That was one part. Uh, Lay it off. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say we could do. I wanted to do scene squealers. If you don't have any more, uh, or oh, yeah. if you want, you can probably fold in some of your points to a scene squealer. Yeah, yeah. My next point would be my scene squealer. Actually, all right, all right. Do you want to do it now? Sure. Uh, so my scene squealer. Well, no, actually, let me think. You go. All right, I'll go first. I have I have two. One is from the very beginning. One is from the the very end. The one at the beginning is uh, when we first meet. So the 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 main the the dad, the other guy that's not the dad is the brother in law. Is that what you guys told me? All right. So the brother in law, when we first meet him, comes over to the the um, country house, and they're talking about Vicky and how depressed she is. And there's that trope where like not only are the kids orphans, but they're the orphans' grief is a pain in the ass to all the adults. Um, that's pretty consistent in these movies. And I, the way that the film establishes its relationship to that particular trope is it, it has the brother-in-law say, um, something like she's not still listening to her mom's playlists. Is she? Yes. <laughs> and it's just, that's it's right. so mean. It's so mean and uncalled for. So that's my first one. Second one is definitely my favorite scene in the film. And it's at the very end. So mystery has, tracked Vicky all the way to the school. And there's that dramatic scene where like they kind of escape into the, into the forest, which is nicer than Simon's forest and they're running around. And then there's a rancher who shoots mystery. Right. And then Vicky goes running up to save mystery. And then the dad and the girlfriend and the brother-in-law pull up right at that moment. And the dad realizes that a rancher just shot mystery in close proximity to his daughter. And the dad goes up to this guy with a gun and just smacks him. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I really liked, I really liked the idea. And of course, like the guy with the gun is not threatening. He's just kind of like pudgy, bumbling Frenchman. He's not like an intimidating hunter type of guy. He's just a, a like a, a befuddled, well, I'm just a simple rancher and I'm just here to shoot a wolf. And something about the dad slapping a guy with a gun, I thought was, was really, really funny. Huh. I didn't even yeah. think, I thought... Uh, that's interesting. What? Because you thought, don't slap a guy with a gun because the guy will will then shoot you. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, and and also because there wasn't anything in the main character's personality to suggest that he would like mm. be cool enough to do that. So it was a yeah. it was a fun it was a fun surprise. Like the guy yeah. is a kind of like a dandy who like wears expensive uh, like streetwear. He's like <laughs> always looks kind of cool. He's always wearing a T-shirt that looks like it's like one hundred and fifty dollars. That kind of guy, you know. And it's like that guy's yeah, not yeah. slapping a, a gun-toting rancher. I just, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it, it speaks to again this film's conflicted attitude towards wolf ownership. That like the movie doesn't really have an antagonist, um, mm. unless unless the antagonist is of course grief and healing, as we've as we've repeatedly mm. replied. That is the film's true message, because they can't really demonize the ranchers. I mean, Mike, I kind of shared your perspective on that, which is I thought like. I kept waiting for one of the ranchers to be made to be like a big jerk. You know, like the dad's going to punch him and he's going to be like, I'll shoot you. And they're like, no, no, wait. Like, you know, but they never really demonize the ranchers too much because the film, 
uh, it gives their perspective kind of equal weight. It's it's a, again, it's a strange film. It, it's why my scene squealer would be the the anti wolf protest. I know we've mentioned it a few times, but it, it was it was it was the first real spark of life in the film for me because until this, like for me, the only thing that made Vicky and her mystery somewhat unique was the fact that I kept confusing the title with Valerie and her Week of Wonders. And then secondarily, it was in French as opposed to English, which we're a little more used to on this program. Uh, so, the, so for me, like, like I was watching and I was kind of like, yep, yep, yep. Hitting all the notes, like uh, get try to get the puppy to hide in your room. Puppy tears a bunch of stuff apart. Uh, girl says serial killer. Father's, you know, delighted. Like I was, I was kind of not really engaged with the film until they go into town just to run some errands. And it's all these like, young people holding like, like, like billboard, like little like like post-it poster board signs with like a wolf with like a big anti symbol drawn over the wolf. It's and it's like 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 no wolves, like, like kill all wolves, and it's like a big protest. It's taken over this whole small town, and and again the actors they didn't get a bunch of ranchers to be in the scene because they probably just got whatever extras were nearby. So it's kind of like a younger, more like occupied looking crowd, which makes it like. I'm always really excited by cinematic depictions of protests because they tend to reveal the filmmakers like hidden politics, you know, is do they find protesters annoying, you know, like, like what's, you know, you, you can, you can, you can learn a lot about a film's politics Ooh. by how they, how they portray a, 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 like the act of protesting. And uh, this movie, I, I couldn't even guess. <laughs> like I have no idea. Yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. Like one of this film's most prevalent features is that it looks at these issues. Like it looks at ranchers versus wolves. It looks at protesters versus, and it, it looks at it really carefully. And it just doesn't really see anything. No, nothing it's at all. Like, it's, it's it's like well, this is like, the box yeah. we've trapped ourselves into with this plot. <laughs> I mean, and then the camera just moves on. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this film has four writers, including its director, who doesn't really have any other writing credits. Uh, a different person is credited for dialogue than with like the story. It feels this feels very much like a product, like like many Cinema Animals films, which is why we do the podcast because people there's a million bad movie podcasts, but there's only one podcast that really delves into the movies that everyone's thinking about, like Vicky and her mystery, and and these movies like are not they're often not made with people that have any passion for the material. And I don't feel a lot of passion for the material in this film, but I do feel an overall sense of competence that puts me on sure footing and I think allows us to dig deeper into the film's themes than we normally would be able to because we'd be so stuck on the film's, uh, you know, bizarre choices. Um, Vicky and her mystery yes. walks a fairly narrow, straight path from, you know, point A to point B. Uh, it, it's a bit more of a, a tough one to think about but we're not getting a final ratings yet. Mikhail, what's, what is your uh, scene squealer? Uh, well, I really quick, I do want to give a shout out to the actress who played Vicky, that young, I yes. think her name is Shan Keel. Good, good job by her. Really good job by her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shana, Shana, Shana Keel playing Victoria Dutel. She is actually, it, it is a, it is a very good, uh, never annoying child performance. I, I basically have to judge Absolutely. the child actors in these films on like how much they aggravate me. Uh, and and she's not aggravating at all. She gets zero skunks. Zero I I I'm gonna I'm gonna give her performance also zero skunks. That's our first no skunker. Um, that is our first no skunker. <laughs> wow. Anyone uh, listening right now is probably like they're probably like just jumping up and down and shouting and maybe they're like at the gym or 
in their car or something. They're just freaking out. They're like, Cinema Animals Knights finally had a no skunker. Uh, so we gotta we gotta follow her career. I hope she does um, well uh, and doesn't you know doesn't get into depressing stuff like most child actors. <laughs> yeah, we hope we hope that she doesn't become a drug addict. Yeah. Um, well, we retract, hope that for retract. all the actors in this film, we don't want we any that, of the actors yeah. in this movie to become drug addicts. That's, That's and not I hope what that we want. The wolves also don't get addicted to painkillers or anything. All right, what's your scene squealer, Mikkel? Um, well, before also, Mike, you mentioned that you enjoyed your scene squealer where they mentioned the playlists. Mm-hmm. That I think is another piece of evidence and clue towards Pokemon being the uh, product placement. Because as there is, when I look up Vicky Inner Mystery and Pokemon, there is one page that advertises those headphones: OTL Technologies Pokemon Pikachu Junior, whatever headphones. Again, why would they have this specific line about the playlist? And it, it feels so um, external to everything else. It feels like they had to work it in somehow. Oh, she's we need we got to put these headphones in the movie. Okay, uh, well let's do something about she listens to her mom's her mom's playlists. Or well, wait, do, I don't know. Doesn't she have some like weird kind of gaming device? Like like that's kind of the equivalent of like the seashell Kindle, and it follows. Like, 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 maybe she has some like weird I device. Has, like, an, I think she just a, has like an iPod Shuffle. Oh, forget it then. That was maybe. I, actually, I was wondering if that was like some French weird thing that that like some French version uh, of like the Switch or whatever that maybe was the product. I, 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 it really is extraordinary that we have spent this like so much of this podcast trying to figure out what was being advertised to us. Usually, it's I mean, not it this difficult. Like... Usually, it's obvious. It seems like the disclaimer had the reverse effect that they intended because it's made us think so hard about every (laughs) physical object in the film. And now I want, I want to buy all those things. I'm I'm just going to start buying things to see what like makes me feel better. And I'll be like, Oh, that was it. Maybe there's an Amazon wish list That's just all the items that appear in that film, like all the cars, all the shirts, (laughs) all the guns. Uh, You're really building up the suspense on this scene. Squeer though, McKenna. Yeah, Yeah, you are. You know, and there's like a still on, I'm looking at a still picture of, of Vicky in her bedroom. And she, again, like in the background, there's like a dusty, like 1970s, like pinball machine toy. Are you wearing these brand new, <laughs> like bright blue Pokemon headphones? Okay. Everything it's probably the, the headphones. Is- I agree. It's probably the weird <laughs> headphones. You're right. But I don't think it's Pokemon <laughs> itself. I think like they just found some way to be like it's, you can use these headphones to play Pokemon, and that's the it's ad. OTL it's OTL Technologies, I think. Well, now we have uh, to put that fucking disclaimer at the beginning of our episode, <laughs> <laughs> like the exact same one. Like like everyone's. Yeah. Anyway, we spent a lot of time with our own product placement um, now. So, uh, one before I get to my scene squealer, uh, another Brutal. notable part of this movie is the female vet uh who we might call the love interest she has a son at the very beginning of the movie if you recall she's bringing her son to school and then he's never in the and then he's never son is never referred to again you're right i have completely excellent that's excellent close reading that is excellent close reading mikhail very good analysis (laughs) you won me back we were getting frustrated when you wouldn't stop talking about the headphones but you got us back now (laughs) yeah i had totally forgotten that she she is she is also uh, a mother huh well that's just great because then vicky can replace her mother with someone who's already a mother that makes things honestly okay. even easier 
and they're like the blended family thing. Like I was thinking they were going to cut to some kind of like the movie would end and it'd be like three years later and you would see Vicky with her like half brother and the dad and the mom are clearly like an item now. And maybe they have a new puppy and like they would do that whole, they didn't go there, but I was mystery. Mystery at that point has gone fully feral, leaps out of a tree and kills the dog. <laughs> like, like it, there's a moment cycle. at the very there's a moment at the very end that speaks to this that was almost my scene squealer so i'm going to call it a runner up scene yeah. squealer yeah i mean also, just keep bringing him because mikhail's not delivering us anything yeah somebody has to um it also dovetails with the horny report which we haven't gotten into oh yet. yeah um, yeah the horny report this is film is like oh. it is like a kind of sneaky horny film you know like the countryside is a horny place there's a lot of yeah. wine being drunk there's like I don't the know, brother the cars are nice. Extremely horny. are like really shiny, really yeah. horny. Um, but at the very end, when they're standing on that hillside and they've just released Mystery, the father looks at Vicky and they share this like poignant moment. And then he immediately turns his eyes to the woman and gives her like the horniest look in the history of cinema. And the, like the proximity to like him observing Vicky having this emotional moment to like straight on horniness. I, I really. Oh. Um, it was, I don't know, it was a noteworthy. I don't know if it's good or bad, but it was. I mean, the juxtaposition of horniness in these films is often jarring. Uh, this is a, this is French horniness. So it's like a little more just like, it's just like there's a little bit of it everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's like, it's like, it's, it's mm-hmm. like, how, mm-hmm. yeah. But hard to find well, like a really a horny good, scene. There is a horny scene. Like, that was a good segue. Um, when the father and Vicky go for a walk, in the countryside at the beginning of the movie and they get to the top of this overlook and the dad says you know me and your mother used to come up here and uh we used to uh and then he just trails off (laughs) and the per i won't name who i was watching this movie with but in Mm. that silence you know and me and your mother and we used to come up here and we would and the person i was watching the movie said and she would suck me off whoa Sounds, sounds wow. wow. That is some. I'm sorry to hear wow. that you were exposed to such vulgarity. Let, <laughs> let, let, now, I, I think you may have just answered my question, but uh, <laughs> so you, you didn't watch this with your kids because I am always interested in how actual children <laughs> respond to these films. Oh, yeah, I, that I take a joke it. that my my six year old son. I take it. Uh, I take it. I take it. They were excluded from this 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 viewing. No, yeah, they. Were, they would have probably made you put it at 1.5. To be honest. Um, so probably for, probably a good call. Uh, Mikhail, yeah. is was that your scene squealer? I don't even like understand. Like it was so confusingly delivered. Was that it? Well, that was gonna be one of my scene squealers until Mike segued me into the horny report and gave me a different no, opportunity. Don't put this on me. Just give us your scene squealer. <laughs> Just tell us my your scene, scene squealer. squealer. The audience is dying. The <laughs> moment when when the father and Vicky are lost and they stumble upon the stranger's house. Uh, there's a Vicky is left alone, and that's the moment where she discovers uh, mystery. She's left alone because the father says to the stranger, and this is my scene squealer. He says, uh, "Do you have somewhere I can go wash my hands?" Yes. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, what a great cinematic tool. If you just have, if you need to get some characters alone, just have one of the characters ask another character if they can go wash their hands. I loved it. Boom. I loved that moment, Mikel. You have, you, you, 
<laughs> that is the best moment him. in the film. I loved that moment. So I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> that is elegant filmmaking. <laughs> yeah. And then because also Carl I just want to say like a wolf. I've seen all of Simon's movies and I've never seen somebody wash their hands. <laughs> you don't My even movies... have to see it. You just have to hear them. You just have to hear them imply that that's what they want to go do. You don't even need to see it happen. Right. Simon pretends like people don't have to wash their hands in his movies. <laughs> I do learn filmmaking tricks sometimes from doing this podcast with you guys. Like I do, I do sometimes <laughs> learn techniques. The beauty of it is like he could have asked him to do anything that's in the house that would have made more sense. But like he's on a hike and all of a sudden he has to wash his hands. It, it, it like it makes no sense, which is so it's so right. beautiful. It could have been I, like, I, can I, I use I, your bathroom? That would have made I, sense. I was just going to yeah. say, my guess would be that they originally wanted the line to be, can I use your bathroom? And then they're like, ah, you know, it's a kid's movie. We'll just have him go wash his hands. You mm. know, we don't we don't need oh, that it's kind like of a, potty talk. In a kid's it's like movie. a didactic moment because it's it's like teaching kids that they should think washing their hands is cool yeah exactly yeah, yeah. like, yeah. like and, and shitting your pants is uncool <laughs> right which right. i think was probably the first draft version of that scene um all right i i i, I think vicky and her mystery is a film that if anything almost uh evades any deeper analysis than we've given it um i'm i'm ready to move on to our final ratings our yes. final definitive judgment of how many skunks this movie deserves uh, but Mikhail, why don't you start it off since since you've implemented the new rating system, and I think it's going to take uh, your co-hosts yeah. and the listeners a little while to wrap their heads around just how it even works. I would give it one skunk, which is kind of like giving it four out of five stars. Um, okay, one skunk meaning it <laughs> it didn't stink that bad. The only thing that kind of stunk was like it was a little light, and it's you know, and its plot was like a little bit light. But other than that like i enjoyed it it was it was absolutely not terrible to watch um so it was not that stinky so i give it one skunk that's like relatively high praise i um i agree with everything mikhail just said except i liked it a little bit more than mikhail except the problem is i don't know what rating would represent being a little better than one skunk so what i'm gonna say is that it's a one skunk, but for me, the skunk is outside the house. It's not in the house. So like it's wafting through the windows a little bit. It's not a perfect film by any any means. But You can give it a half skunk. I have a hard time conceptualizing half a skunk. Yeah. Okay, then I'll give mine, I'll give mine two skunks, so then you can I give yours that. one. That's great. So you say two skunks. You say two skunks. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, so you have to say it. Two skunks. Uh, I two say skunks. one sk- I give it one skunk. Okay. Well, I think I think I liked it a little bit less than you all, and I do see how having a skunk outside, while not as bad, would still be a problem. Um, couldn't couldn't let the pets out and so on. Uh, I'm going to give this film one and a half skunks, and for, but for me, I just want to clarify that's the equivalent of like one and a half stars out of five, because a I found this movie uh, no. to be blunt, deadly dull. I found this this was a very and and it's not just that I've seen a lot of films like this. This is a very boring film. It, it's hard for me to imagine kids enjoying this. I do want to say really quickly, this movie made a, a little over $3 million in France. It actually did fairly well at the box office for one of these things. It ultimately made almost like $5 million worldwide. It played all the kind of places you'd expect this to play for like a week or so in a limited number of theaters. They 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 did they did all right with Vicky and her mystery, but for me, this was this was a slog, even even at 1.5 speed. 
So I'm going to say one and a half skunks because I wouldn't even want even one skunk in the room with me. Two skunks in the room with me would be a, a tremendous issue. So one and a half skunks uh, is is how I felt about Beginner Mystery. So that's like three and a half stars out of five. No, it's one and a half stars out of five because I didn't like it very no. much because I, I don't like having skunks around very much. Well, then you, then I think you should give you it... You have to have more skunks. You have to have more skunks yeah. if you didn't like it. You're I too think it, yeah. it has to be at least, for you, Simon, I'd recommend at least three skunks based yeah. on what I'm hearing yeah. you say. Uh, I don't feel like I disliked it as much as I would dislike three skunks. Like, because okay, because all everything you guys are saying is correct. Like the cast is pretty good. The movie looks pretty good. It's clearly a competent film that was shot for theaters. So I'm going to give it one and a half skunks. Right, well, Simon's that, expressing a healthy means, boundary. But that means that you. That means you liked it. I mean, it's yeah, it's just really boring. <laughs> I mean, okay. this is Cinema Animals Nights. Like, like the the standards are, are different, and I think the listeners right. understand that. Like, anyone who's listening to this, first of all, there's no one listening to this who's actually going to watch this movie. Like, we're we're kind of different movie podcast in that way, I guess. In that we yeah. we choose movies that not only are would the listener not listen to after we talk about them, but they would never have even thought about uh, watching them. <laughs> Like it would never have occurred to them that they should do so generally because they're not aware that the film exists. Uh, but even if they were aware, it would never, they would just scroll past it. So, so I think, uh, I, I think it's not so much that I'm like recommending it, but I'm just letting someone know that if they watched it with their child, if, cause their child was going through a French wolf period, uh, it's like having one and a half skunks in the room, which is not so bad. It's, it's possible that Mikel's new rating system, which is perfect. Um, will sort of tear us apart um, internally and, and as a as a friendship triangle because it seems like the uh, it's it's even more subjective than the old spectrum which where there was no spectrum and you'd think that would be the most subjective experience you could have grading something but now we're in this realm where you could have in, an infinite number of skunks and it is a perfect system but it's going to take us some time to get into the flow of it i think it's going to make yeah. more sense when we watch a real when we watch a really stinky movie it's going to make a lot more sense <laughs> well so far so good Cinema animals, cinema animals, cinema animals.